Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to another fantastic live episode of Dream Business Radio. I am your host, Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of No Hassle Newsletters, and host of Dream Business Radio, my weekly podcast created to help you build your dream business. This is episode 582. My special guest this week is Alexandra Watkins, the author of this book. How you doing, Alexandra? <laughs> it's good. Nice to see my book. Nice to see your book. Thank you for sending it to me. Um, I always find it very helpful and um, in, pre in preparing for these interviews. I'm really excited about this topic. So we'll dive in here in uh, one hot second. Hey, folks, this episode of Dream Business Radio is brought to you by actually the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. If you're an entrepreneur who wants to grow a more profitable business faster, create multiple streams of revenue, and if you want to learn how to leverage um, your skill and your talent and charge what you're worth so you too can work just three days a week, then you want to be part of this extraordinary virtual mastermind led by me, Captain Jim, at dreambizcoaching.com, dreambizcoaching.com. Okay, speaking of charging what you're worth, I have a um, an, a free ebook for you, <laughs> which details exactly how I'm able to work three days a week for the last eight years, eight years I've been working three days a week. And a lot of that has to do with getting paid for what you're worth. So um, you can go to www.work3daysaweek.com, work3daysaweek.com. All right, let's 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 take that little commercial off there. <laughs> All right, let me properly introduce Alexandra and we will dive right in. Alexandra Watkins is a leading and outspoken authority on brand names. You know me. If you've been with me for any length of time, I love brand. I love creating awesome brands. That's why I'm so excited for the last month and a half to have this interview come up. For nearly 20 years, Alexander and her naming firm, Eat My Words, I love that, have created Love It First Sight brand names for countless companies, including Amazon, Coca-Cola, Disney, Twitter, and Google, just to name a few small-time players. Her breakthrough creative Creativity book. Hello, my name is Awesome. How to Create Great Brand Names at Stick was named a top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine. Her personal Hall of Fame includes Wendy's Baconator. Who doesn't love that? Um, the ro robotic vacuum. What is that? Nieto? Ro robotic vacuum? <laughs> oh, that's right. Nieto. Okay. Uh, Burger King's Mac and Cheetos, Spanish Language School, Gringo Lingo, and others. The vertical farming company she named Plenty was recently named one of the top 100 most influential companies by Time Magazine. So, Alexandra, again, welcome. I'm, I'm so glad that uh, the day has finally come. We met about six weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we were inter introduced by Peg Duchesne. Um, <laughs> And we're both like, we're, we're well over the turkey fog. We're, we're ready to deliver some great information for our, for our listeners here. So, I, well, let me just jump right in and ask you about your book. Hello, my name is awesome. Tell me, why did you write the book and, and what, a, what a cool title for a book about branding? Well, thank you. I would hope a namer could be good at 
titling a book. Yep. Yeah, I wrote the book because so many people come to eat my words and they can't afford, you know, we work with a lot of corporate clients. They can't always afford us, but I wanted to be able to help everyone. So I wrote the book. So for 20 bucks, anyone can learn, you know, a, a lot about brand names. I really put the, my very best information that I have gleaned over doing this for almost 20 years. And is uh, right? the, book wow. is, is, the book is really fun to read. And uh, people really, I mean, it was, you know, named Inc. Top 10 Marketing Book. So I, I think that speaks for itself. Did you, um, in the early days, did you go to school for marketing, branding? Like, are you self-taught? Tell me about that. Yes. I went, when I was in eighth grade, I knew I wanted to be in advertising. Okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just, it just seemed cool. I, I was creative from a young age. So I was able to skip college. Um, I went to an advertising school for one year, was able to get a job, you know, start as an intern and kind of work my way up to being a copywriter. And I was a copywriter for years and years and then discovered naming, which I didn't know as a profession and switch gears and became a namer. And then with my book, I did not want to write a book. Uh, my parents both are authors and I knew it was a lot of work for not a lot of money, but uh, a, a publisher approached me about writing a book. And at first I said no, but then they kind of, <laughs> they were, I realized after meeting with them, there was a lot of advantage to is advantages to it. And I'm so glad I did. So the first edition came out almost 10 years ago and I've, I've recently I've updated it with a second edition and, yeah, it's 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 just uh, it's always really exciting when I hear from people who have read my book that mm -hmm. have been able to name their companies or products because of that. So your parents were authors. That's really interesting. So many times I, I ask my guests, were your parents or grandparents influential in your becoming an entrepreneur? Far fewer people say yes than no. But so did your parents? What kind of books did they write? Uh, um, my fiction parents. Or? My parents were no. They were nonfiction. Um, my, my mom wrote, my mom and dad wrote a book in the seventies called the world travel planner, how to save money when traveling abroad. They were big travelers as, as I have been, I've been to 50 countries and, wow. um, yeah. So some, you know, research reference books, um, but they, they used it as a, they used to teach, uh, courses at the UC school system on, you know, how to save money when traveling abroad. So mm -hmm. the book was a great vehicle for that. Um, and what I've discovered, the book is a great vehicle for me for, you know, getting speaking engagements and just building credibility. And yeah, I highly recommend having a book. So um, let's talk about what are the qualities of a strong brand? And, and the people who listen to the show are entrepreneurs, small business owners. I don't think I have any Coca-Cola is listening to me. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what are the qualities of a really strong brand name? Well, that's a great question. And I have a, I have a name evaluation test uh, that's called the SMILE and Scratch Test. SMILE is an acronym. And it's, oh, it's based on my philosophy that an, a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. So SMILE is the acronym for the five qualities that make a name great. Scratch is the flip side, uh, the seven deadly deal breakers, when to scratch it off the list. Mm. So to answer your question, <laughs> there's a long <laughs> way of answering, of, of giving you an answer. Uh, so 
the SMILE acronym stands for, these are, these are all the things you want your name to accomplish. It should be, the S stands for suggestive. You want your name to suggest something positive about what your brand is or does. Don't make people guess. Okay. The M stands for memorable. Everyone says, I want a memorable name, but what makes something memorable? Well, research, research shows that what makes things easy for people to remember is if we already have something in our existing knowledge base that well, that's that's going to make it easier, right? So your your name is Cap, you know, Captain Jim Palmer. Like I remember that, like Captain Crunch, right? Like I know what a captain <laughs> is, right? <laughs> um, so I was just on a podcast with another Jim, uh, and he's a lawyer, and he calls his podcast the the Legal Jim. Which I, I thought was a nice. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. So, what makes something memorable is if we already know about it, versus just trying to invent some really random, you know, arbitrary word that d doesn't have any inherent meaning to it, or we we have no knowledge of it previously. Mm -hmm. um, the I and smile stands for imagery, and that goes back into memory, right? We are able to remember pictures much more easily than we can remember words or letters. So if someone hears or sees your name and they can picture it in their head, it's going to make it easier for them to recall later on. Mm. And I got to say this, I've been on almost a hundred podcasts, like your, and I'm always like, oh, what's the name of the host? But like yours, it's so easy because you're the captain. Like that's just was, you know, it's very unusual to have something so distinctive like that. Well, Captain and Tennille was taken, so I'm just Captain Jim because I drove that big boat for five years. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe you were uh, at the Disney at Disney the the Jungle Cruise. Oh I yeah, no, I actually had a real boat. <laughs> anyway, you had a real boat. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, what's the L? The L stands for legs, and legs means that your name lends itself to a theme. And you can extend it through wordplay. So, for instance, my company name is Eat My Words. So, we have a lot of wordplay around food and beverage. So, we uh, have a menu of services. We have a new product uh, service called Fun Size, like the Halloween candy. Mm. Um, everything we do, we have a lot of fun. Our, our, our. Uh, I'm gonna turn my this for a second. My computer, you can see the pink fridge, the pink 1950s retro pink fridge back there in the corner. That is where I keep my cool books. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, my business card is a little pink fridge too that opens up. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun. And then the E in smile stands for emotional. And it's really important that your name makes an emotional connection with your target audience. Otherwise, it's just going to go right over their heads. That is uh, that I'm a big fan of acronyms. My I create them for my. For, that is brilliant. I mean, that is so good. You know, as you're talking about, um, you know, the, the smile, suggestive, memorable imagery, all of that. One of the one of the mistakes I see some business owners make is they name they name their business almost like you know they name boats, and some sometimes you'll come up with a name that means something to you but it doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Right. Yep. Uh, and um, so I know you've done name, you've done a lot of work for law firms. Did I, did I understand that? Yeah, correctly? I have. I have. So how do you, what kind of names do you come up? Cause usually it's, you know, 
<laughs> Smith Jones and Rabinowitz. I don't right, know. Come right, up right. with all these. So how do you come up with a good name for a law firm? Well, it it I it it's funny. I was just doing a presentation and a law firm that uh yeah, lawyers just their name and their firm name doesn't say anything about them or their specialty. So I try to drill down on what's the specialty. For instance, we were naming a law firm in San Francisco that specialized in helping startups get their foundation documents in place. Hmm. So we ideated around this whole idea of a foundation, came came across the word bedrock that had a lot of personality to it, as our client did. So we named it bedrock. And she said her, her name, hmm. the attorney's name is Layla Benajamali. And she, she knew that her name would be difficult for people to remember, to spell, to pronounce all the, you know, the trifecta. So we gave her a name that was not only easy to remember, but it attracted the type of client she wanted to work with. And she said, as soon as she changed her name from using her own name to bedrock, that's exactly what happened. She attracted the type of client she wanted to work with mm. and her revenue went up. That is so brilliant. Now, how important is it, um, Alexandra, to tie in, to come up with a name that also has like an available URL? Or how how many ways do you think forward that you can use the brand name before you believe it's a good one? Well, with the domain names, that's a, that's a great question. People do tend to focus on, you know, is the, they start at GoDaddy. Is the mm -hmm. domain name available? And like, that's the last place we look. So my suggestion with the domain name is just understand everything's been taken. It's really hard to find. You're never going to find a one word name. Two word names are hard too. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do is just resign yourself to, hey, I'm not going to get an exact match domain name. And that's okay. I can add a modifier word. So, you know, if she could she was um, she was Bedrock SF for San Francisco. She okay. could have been Bedrock Law, Bedrock Legal. So that's what happens a lot. And, you know, I, I, I want people to think about this. For the first 13 years that Tesla was in business, they didn't own Tesla.com. They were at Tesla Motors. Um, Facebook was the Facebook. Basecamp was Basecamp HQ. Dropbox was Get Dropbox. Mm. So none of those companies let the lack of a exact match domain name stop them. And you shouldn't either. So when it comes time, so I, I totally get that. Go with the brand name. When it comes time to finding a good domain name, do you try and tie it in or are you just, yeah. so what are some tips if somebody is searching like GoDaddy for a great name? Well, here's, here's a tip. Um, come up with a phrase I'll give you a fantastic example. I, I know we just passed through Thanksgiving. Um, and here's one that relates to that. This is a smoked turkey company, mail order turkeys. And the name of the company is not a great name. It's a family name, Greenberg Smoked Turkeys. And you wouldn't know, is Greenberg with an E? Is Greenberg with a mm. U? But their domain name is absolutely unforgettable and impossible to spell wrong. And it's gobblegobble.com. Oh my God. That's so, that's so awesome. That's one way. Another thing you can do is have a phrase, another phrase related that we did is we named a pop, a gourmet popcorn store, pop psychology, and we couldn't get that domain name. And also psychology is a little hard to spell. Yes. 
so we use their tagline, which is crazy for popcorn. So you think about using your tagline as a domain name. Um, another one that I, if you have a, if you're using your own personal name as your business name, which I, I don't really recommend. It's better to have a brand that actually says something about you. Mm -hmm. um, another lawyer who's, who is, I love this woman. She's, she's a cannabis attorney. And that, I think back in the day, that was unusual. Now it's a more popular thing to be. So how she's differentiated herself, the name of her company is Lauren Vasquez, attorney, you know, law, legal but her, she, she's given herself a moniker and I'm a big fan of monikers and her moniker is the fired up attorney. And so her domain name is firedupattorney.com. Very interesting. Um, so again, uh, Alexander wrote this awesome book. You should get it. I mean, it's, it's chock full of wisdom and advice. One of the chapters in here is about name changes um, so I want to ask you about some pros and cons of changing your name. And is it ever too late to change your name or what do you think no, about that? No. Okay. It's never too late to change your name. We, we, uh, about a year ago changed the name of a bank that was more than a hundred years old. They oh felt my gosh. That, yeah. They, they were first national bank of Syracuse, but they were in Syracuse, Kansas. Um, so it sounded like a New York bank and it's a, you know, it's a very like family friendly intergenerational bank and they help it's in farm country and they, they help finance farm equipment and they make dreams come true. So we rebranded them dream first and, you know, dream first is really different for a bank. It's dream first bank. So it's got, so it's got the first in there, like first national bank. So it's dream first. Um, and then we also recently renamed another hundred year old plus uh, brand. It was at, uh, some uh, healthcare centers in Los Angeles. They're faith based. They serve underserved populations. Their name was Queens Care. They had to abandon the name due to some some issues. I'm not super familiar with, but mm -hmm. we rebranded them Grace Light. And Grace Light is a pretty name. It's, you know, grace has the, the nod to faith in it, light, you know, illuminating and, it, you know, the the people that work there are full of grace. So it just was a nice name change for them. But when you change your name, it's not like, you know, 40 years ago where like, oh, how's someone going to find me? You change your name now, just do a website redirect, send an email to every customer you've ever had, put it on social media and people will find you. So in the in this digital age, obviously, how has how are how do you have to think about brands so they number one some they work across various platforms, whether you know it's audio like podcast or video or all forms of social media. Um, it, you know what role does social media play in in coming up with a with a great brand name? Well, you know, I think it's it's hard for people to come up with like if you, we name something it's hard for like every social media handle is not going to be available mm -hmm. you know and it, it can be frustrating if you want the twitter handle for something and you can see well somebody owns it but they haven't posted a tweet in 10 years you know that can be really frustrating so those you just need to get a little creative on um but people seem to be used to that now i mean no just as nobody expects you to have an exact match domain name any anymore. No one expects you to have an exact match social media handle. 
Are there brands, um, Alexandra, that, um, you know, using the SMILE acronym, suggestive, memorable, imagery, um, legs, and emotional. So coming up with a brand name where uh, people understand what it is and hopefully what the benefit would be if you choose to do business with them. But it's can a brand name assist with overall customer experience or customer satisfaction or how much they refer them? Like do people, are there certain brands that people fall in love with and they want to refer like, Hey, look, I got this watch or whatever. Like, or is that just way too much? No, no, absolutely. No, people buy things all the time because they love the name, you know, look at wine. You might be, you know, facing a wall of wine in a grocery store and you pick one up because the name speaks to you, right? And people do that all the time. Consumers base most of their buying decisions on emotion. So uh, that's why I love doing wine with fun names because they're super giftable. But yeah, that's a way to think about it. Have I ever picked something up just because I love the name? Or when we name Spoon Me Frozen Yogurt, people love that. Even if they had never been in the store, they love the name. They wanted the t-shirt. And by the way, if you have a name that you can monetize with merchandise, you're golden. Interesting. So spoon me frozen yogurt. That's pretty cool. Did So have you done a bunch of uh, wine names? Yes. Can you can you share a few? Off I'll, top tell of your head? You one. I'll tell you, like, there's always the one that got away. I have yeah. so many of those. This was back in the day when Fifty Shades of Grey had just come out and was, you know, rocketing up the the bestseller chart everyone was talking about it and we got hired by a very large wine company to name a new ten dollar wine sold at target marketed at you know women that go to book clubs right which we we know no one reads the book we just yeah we talk about and drink wine so i came up with the name and it was a red blend and i came up with the name 50 shades of grape which was a great parody, right? And you know that you know people would have picked it up just because of the name. Yes. And yeah, this company did not want to do that. Uh. But yeah, there's a one of my other favorite names we did. This was for uh, when kids got out of college and they were graduating from beer to wine. And one of the names I had was experimental phase because they were experimenting, right? So yeah, anytime you can make someone smile and I'm seeing you smile, that's making that emotional connection, right? And oh, let me tell you one, you can also, if your name is right, is a good name, you can price your product higher because people are willing to pay for it because they want the name. So I there was I needed to get a mosquito zapper one night at 2 a.m. when I was being attacked by a mosquito. And I went <laughs> online to Amazon and they had, you know, a bunch, they all look the same. They probably are the same, uh, you know, Bug Quick Zap, Electo, but there was one named The Executioner. Oh. That was a badass name. I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm getting The Executioner. So that's the one I got. That's so funny. Um, so the first acronym you shared was SMILE. And then I heard you mention the other one. This is chapter two in your very fine book called Scratch the seven deal breakers. I probably don't have time to go into all seven, but what, what are some of the deal breakers when you're coming up with a great name? The biggest, name? the biggest ones are the S and smile and scratch chance for spelling challenge. That's a biggie. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. Okay. People are just going to have trouble with it. 
you want your name to be frustration free, friction free. Um, anytime someone, you know, types your name, tries to send you an email, it gets kicked back. That's a frustration, right? Mm-hmm. Or they can't find you or you have to explain it to them, explain the spelling, spell it. That's a frustration for you. So try to try to remove all of that. Um, another one is hard. The H in scratch is hard to pronounce. Uh, your name should be intuitive to pronounce and only be pronounced one way. I have a new client who is the queen of cricket and cricket. The game. That's well, I knew it wasn't the game, but I thought cricket, you know, cricket sounds like it would be spelled like the game cricket or the bug, but no cricket is spelled C R I C U T. Oh, I had been pronounced pronouncing it cry cut. And I was embarrassed when I was talking to her. I'm like, I love cry cut. And She's like, oh, it's it's actually cricket. I'm like, what? Oh. And like I've been pronouncing it wrong all these years. And she said, everybody does. So it's this um vinyl, it's a crafting thing, and it's vinyl, and you can stick it on things, and um it's it's a cool crafting thing. Like if you go to the craft store, there's always an entire aisle of cricket. But I thought it was cricket. And recently they changed their logo to have a cricket, a little cricket in it. Okay. People were saying it wrong. But, you know, look, somebody could be telling me about cry cut. Somebody else could be telling me about cricket. I would never make the connection. They were talking about the same thing. And when when your name is pronounced two different ways, it dilutes your brand. Yeah. If it causes confusion, you know, for, for <laughs> you ought to keep working. So I, I, I want to ask you this question. It occurs to me, I should have asked you this the very first question because we're now deep into this, but it's okay. How do you define branding? Like, what is a brand besides just the name of a product or program or, or a company, I guess? God, everyone has a different definition. I I would just say your brand starts with your name and everything is built around that. So, you know, some people, they they say, you know, the brand is how people feel about you. You know, I, I think your brand can be, it's... It, there's personal brand, there's, you know, corporate brand, there's all of that. But I think start with the name and like, how is that communicated out? And yeah, how do people feel about the company? Um, But I I don't have a definitive answer other than start with the name because your name, everything revolves around the name. It all starts there. You will not have a logo until you have a name. You won't have a website until you have a name. And your name is the most it will be the longest lasting investment you ever make in your company. Mm. It's going to last longer than your, you know, your latest iPhone, um, your printer, whatever, you know, your, your computer, your recording equipment, your name will last longer. So it's worth, it's worth spending some time on it. How important is a logo that probably obviously comes after the brand, right? Or are you thinking of the a logo while you're doing the brand name or is step one and then kind of figure out what's going to go together? Some Sometimes we do. Like, like uh, right now working for the cricket lady, we are like when I'm doing her names, I'm putting them into like, how's it going to look on her website? But just to kind of see, does that work? But I don't, I like to come up with names that are really visually evocative um, going back to imagery because that does help a designer come up with the logo, but I, I never really dictate it. And I'm not thinking of colors or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you've probably seen some of these, uh, well, the either YouTubes or whatever, where a name in this country means one thing and then it means something else. Yeah. So what are some of the pitfalls that businesses should avoid, especially if you're doing business in, in you know multiple countries? Well, two things I recommend if you are doing business in other countries, hire a, a, a company that does linguistic screenings in other countries. Don't just ask your friend that like, spent a summer in Portugal, you know, <laughs> does this name mean anything nasty in Portuguese? Uh, you have to, I would highly recommend, go, we use a transatlantic translation group and they have linguists on staff that they, whatever country you need to go to, they will check your name. Um, we don't need to do it very often. A lot of our, because our style of names are really fun and usually based in some type of popular culture, they don't always translate to other countries. Uh, but when we do need to do that, yeah, we will have those searches done. But the other thing I recommend is look up your name on the Urban Dictionary um, mm. to make sure it doesn't mean anything dirty. Uh, now, caveat, the Urban Dictionary has been taken over by hormonal teenage boys they will put any name, any word, and they make up really ridiculous sexually charged definitions. If there's just a couple upvotes to those, I don't worry about them. But if something has, you know, a thousand people voting, yes, this is this is a good definition. You might want to stay away from it. Yeah, I've got a client, Phil, whose brain is tingling right now. Come on, looking up that website, I can guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil. Well, um, I'll tell you, I, I am one of the few people ever to have a, haven't, we presented a name to a client and I looked it up and it was targeted at teenagers and I looked it up on there and it had a really, it had a sexually violent definition and I wrote to them and they, they removed it and it's really oh. hard to get anything removed from there. Okay. Um, we're, we're down to about one minute, so I got to wrap up. I want to, um, it's just so interesting. So first of all, where do they get your book? Let me let me do that. Oh, on, Amazon, on Amazon. And by the way, if you get my book on Amazon and review it, uh, shoot me an email, alexandra at eatmywords.com, and I will answer any question you have. If you want me to look at a couple names for you and tell you which ones I think are the strongest, you know, anything like that, uh, happy, happy to do that if you're willing to review my book. Awesome. I'm going to ask you one more quick question. So if you have a business... Um, that has like multiple services. Is it a good idea to have uh, just ride that brand name throughout or to come up with a different name brand for each service or each product? Try to have an umbrella brand name that you can name your products under that umbrella. Okay. That's the best thing. Have an overarching name that has a theme to it that everything else can fall out of. That's what I believe also. Wow, this what a great interview. Thank you so much. You're obviously very, very talented. I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. Again, folks, get a copy of Alexandra's book. Um, Hello, my name is Awesome at Amazon. And um, Alexandra, where else would you like them to go to, to connect with you? Connect with me on LinkedIn, please. I'm active on there and uh, I'll be posting this podcast there. So you can connect with Alexandra Watkins at LinkedIn. She was easy to find because I was promoting the, the interview today. All right, Alexandra, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, your time today. My pleasure. Thank you, Captain. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very, yes, not to be confused with, uh, what was the other one? Lawyer, Jim? 
Oh, the uh, legal gym. Legal gym. There you go. Not to be confused. Not that anybody would confuse me with a lawyer. That wraps up this very special interview with Alexandra Watchins. Connect with her at LinkedIn and get a copy of her book. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. Getjimpalmer.com because jimpalmer.com was already taken by some baseball player who does underwear commercials. But getjimpalmer.com. Again, if you're interested in joining me and about 24 other very smart entrepreneurs, you can go to the Dream Biz Mastermind Group, which is dreambizcoaching.com. This interview will be on um, on YouTube should you want to share it. That would be the easiest to share it out with your audience and friends. It'll be on YouTube uh, tomorrow morning. You can get free copies of all of my books now. It's part of my legacy building program because I'm one year out from sailing the high seas. <laughs> so part of my legacy over this next year is just to get my materials out and, and help as many people as I can. You can go to Amazon, download all of my books as Kindles, Barnes & Noble, they are Nook books. They're also in the iBook store. And that is it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.